BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I've got visions in my head. People tell me that I'm crazy. I tell them that's exactly it. I've got reasons for my absence. People tell me that I'll burn Hi, guys. Welcome back to the I Love You So Much podcast. My name is Kinsey. I'm your host. I'm so glad you guys are back. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. If you guys listen every week, love you all. So glad that you're here. Today's episode is one of my favorites. I have to be honest, we have Dinah Trout on from Health Aid. She's incredible. I actually just got off recording with her and I just think the absolute world of her. She gave us so much just knowledge and wisdom behind like building a company as huge as Health Aid has become, but also like the back end of that and how you just are emotionally in from a leadership side, which you guys know that I like love leadership. I literally went to like a leadership college. It's my favorite thing. So I'm really excited for us to get into that. But before we do, I wanted to share five things I do when I have a heavy week. I thought this would be really helpful for some of you guys. This is, you know, free therapy because I'm just giving you guys all these tips that my therapist has given me. So take notes, people. I talk a lot about just taking care of yourself. I think it's really important to first lead yourself if you ever want to not only just lead others, but also just be there for people. I think so often businesses and friendships, relationships, whatever it is, fall apart more often than not because one person was not leading themselves well. And when you're not leading yourself well, you end up falling off. A lot of the time it ends up becoming defense mechanisms. You're projecting, you have all these problems that like didn't need to exist because you're not first leading yourself well. So if you know you're having a heavy week, I am definitely just like dealing with a lot in my life right now. And I'm having to do like an emergency trip and all this stuff. And things are really heavy and honestly, like really dark. And I share that not to be like, oh my God, life sucks right now or anything like that. Like, I don't even really say that because this is probably one of the hardest times, but it's also, you know, I'm living like I know as cheesy as that is, like I'm still really so grateful for so many other things. I think having a mindset of gratitude is so important, like especially if you're going through a heavy time because you wake up in the morning and you know what I'm talking about when you have that like pit in your stomach and you just keep getting these texts that are just bad news after bad news. And you just think that things can't go up from there. Writing down what you are grateful for. It may sound so stupid, but that's really helpful. That's not even on the list. That's just an extra tip, guys. Okay, but I wanted to share five things I do when I have a heavy week. You guys can for sure make your own list. You guys can take inspiration from this list. Even maybe just try this out for the week. I know this stuff actually has really, really helped me. And I just wanted to share it with you guys. Before I share it with you guys, we'll do quick housekeeping. As always, subscribe to the podcast. Give it a nice review and rating. Join our Facebook group. I have made so many like real life friends in this Facebook group, guys. It is so fun. You make so many friends. You get so many like 
sale deals, so many things. Like, I just feel like you guys really keep me young at the end of the day. Like, I don't even have to check the news elsewhere on certain topics, obviously not like politics, but I don't even have to check because I just am kept in the loop from the Facebook group. It is so fun. It's just a community of really fun people you guys need to join. Also, we have a newsletter. You guys need to join the mailing list. I promise you. I feel like newsletters may sound outdated. Let me tell you, they're not, okay? You guys need to join the newsletter. I work so hard on it and you guys will love it. I promise. So five things I do when I have a heavy week. The first thing I do is I read. I regularly read, but I regularly read because it just makes me a better person overall. It is a healthy way of escaping in, you know, anything that can become unhealthy, okay? But reading for me, I found is my healthiest way that I can just escape reality for a few hours. I can just get like lost in another story of someone else's life. I also find that I'm always learning. I actually learn, I think, maybe more in fiction books than I even do in nonfiction books. It's really crazy, but it's really awesome. I have the Kindle Oasis. I would definitely recommend getting a Kindle. Like I am a Kindle or die kind of gal. I read so much. I'm on 70 plus books in 2020 so far. I need to actually go through and like count all of them, but I read all the time. And the number one tip I have regarding reading is to read before you go to bed. So I think a lot of us can agree that nighttime is the hardest part when you're going through a hard time. I feel like you're left alone with your thoughts. It's just kind of like the breeding grounds for overthinking and overthinking really doesn't do any of us good. Like if we we don't have control, like we've got to kind of give it up and let it work itself out to the best of our abilities. Like once we've done and taken responsibility and accountability for everything that we have. Right. So when you're in bed and when you're overthinking, I feel like that just makes the whole experience 10 times worse. And this is actually a tip I stumbled upon on accident. I got really into reading earlier this year. Again, even I've always read, but like reading literally like four books a week. And I noticed that I was feeling so good because I was reading for hours before bed every night, which I know is not realistic. This was like height of quarantine, but I was reading before bed. So I wasn't on my phone for the last hour to three hours a night, which was so good for me. Also, you are like holding it with your hands. So you can't be on your phone. So that's really helpful. But I also wasn't able to overthink at night. And then by the time I was going to bed, I was so tired from reading that that was just it. And I had to go to bed. It saved me a lot of self-induced anxiety from overthinking and just not really focusing on anything else. And I think when you find a good book, it just really changes the game. If you guys ever need any book recs, just follow my Instagram. Um, it's just Kenzie Elizabeth. I have an entire highlight with like 70 books on there. Trust me, I have one in every genre that you guys will like, I promise. The next thing, go on walks. I go on short walks every day because I have dogs. I go on multiple actually every single day, but I'm talking even about like an hour long walk. So just throughout the day, I actually love that I live in a townhouse because I have to take my dogs on little walks throughout the day. And it's a really great way to break up my work day or break up just the routine of the day is, I find that it's really great to just get outside for like 15 minutes even. And that has really helped me. Specifically though, I think hour long walks in the morning. When I start off my morning, just walking and it's kind of a slow morning, if it's early and I'm listening to a podcast or music, or even if you're like a faith person, like a prayer walk, whatever that might be, that has really, really, really helped me because it helps me start my day off on a really good foot. Also, if I'm having a weird midday slump or if I just really need to get out that night, I find that it helps a lot just to get out of my house, especially when we're in a time where, you know, it may not be full quarantine and full what it was in like, you know, over the summer, we're still in our house like more often than not. And I just find that it's really helpful. The next thing is to cry or talk to a friend or better yet, a therapist. So I'm really big on therapy. I go every single week. I think I will probably always go every single week. It is so 
crucial for my mental health. It is so helpful for me. I'm able to be better equipped with how to handle situations. I grow as a person. I'm able to see situations in a different way. It's really helpful to not feel like I'm just throwing up on friends even. Like I feel like I'm just, I just, I'm always growing. If you guys couldn't tell, I love growing as a person. I'm like really annoying, okay? But it's really helpful. Also just crying. Like even right now when it's like, this would be a heavier time. Like there's also some things that have happened in my life that like you may think would be horrible, but I'm actually just like happy that it has happened. But with that being said, like you may not be super, super upset, but it still is like the idea of something or whatever. Like you still just need to cry it out. I think crying is really good for you. Holding all of your emotions in. I have never found that it served me. So I think crying and talking to friends and getting it out is so important, especially because, okay, you know the saying, you're only as sick as your secrets. So maybe what you're going through or what I'm going through isn't necessarily secrets, but I think it's you're only as sick as like the things you're holding in, right? And I want to push past and be proactive about everything in my life so that I'm watering the right seeds, right? So I don't want to hold on to all these things that are just gonna make me so much worse when all I had to do was talk to a friend. And you know, half the time they're like, Kinsey, that's a lie, that's a lie, that's a lie because our anxiety lies to us. I think a lot of our thoughts and our overthinking in our head are not true. Once you get them out, it's easier to identify that. But also it's just healthy to talk about things. I think being able to just sit there and talk about things is so important, especially if you think about later when you're married, if you can't communicate or if you want a healthy relationship, like you're going to have to be able to communicate. You're going to have to be able to open up to someone. So it's really important. Okay, guys, a quick break to talk about our sponsor, Incipio. Founded in 1999, Incipio was born with a love for tech and then the novel idea to protect your phone. Now, 20 years later, they're still innovating and designing cases made with you in mind. Incipio's new eco-friendly organic core collection protects the planet and your phone. So we all know that I can be quite the klutz sometimes and drop a lot of things, lose a lot of things. I lose my keys. I lose my phone all the time, right? So with that being said, I have dropped my phone so many times. It's not even just like once or twice. It's a lot. Okay. It's a gut-wrenching feeling and you're always so stressed out. And I wanted to make sure that I was able to both protect my phone and also make smaller, more manageable changes to be more eco-friendly. Their organic core collection is made up of 100% compostable materials that reduce landfill waste by naturally re-entering the environment from where it started. Their organic core cases go from plant to case to earth. Taking small steps can make a really big difference and Incipio wants to help everyone do their part. I know it can be a little bit overwhelming sometimes and you don't know where to start and so I am telling you right now where you can start. They recently expanded their organic core line to include AirPods cases too. Now you can protect all of your tech no matter the size. I love AirPods cases. I think it's so fun. I always have them and I'm so excited now because of the organic core line that has them. I was walking up to my rooftop the other day and actually dropped my phone as I was going up the stairs all the way down to my balcony. So that was like, you know, six feet at least and really terrifying. And don't worry, my phone is still okay. Thank God. All thanks to the organic core case. Again, they're wireless charging compatible and there's a one year warranty. Plus they come in seven neutral colors that will match with everything. Don't forget to recycle the packaging after you get your new case on your phone or AirPods. All the packaging is 100% recyclable with an eco-friendly water-based ink. You can purchase organic core cases online at verizon.com or at your local Verizon store. Again, you can order online at verizon.com or at your local Verizon store. You can use code ILOVEYOU for 20% off at incipio.com. They're available for purchase at verizon.com or incipio.com for 20% off with code ILOVEYOU. That's 20% off at incipio.com with code ILOVEYOU. 
All right, guys, let's get back to the episode. Next thing, working outside. So I'm going to also mix this with a trip to Lowe's. Listen, guys, this is how you know I'm really pushing 40 at 23 because I love Lowe's. I went last week and I bought all these plants and pots and all of this stuff. And I just walked around outside for about an hour and a half. I listened to a podcast and it was so therapeutic. Like I felt so good leaving. And then also like being able to work on my rooftop. I know not everyone has like their own yard or whatever. I don't have a yard. I just have a rooftop, but I'm trying to like get plants and doing all that stuff where I go water my plants every day. And it's just, it feels so good to be outside and have like something that I need to do outside. I don't know. I'm like weird with that, but it has really helped me just working outside. I think having something that, you know, I'm trying to like grow these plants. I'm trying to take care of this, like whatever it is about these plants just make me happier. Okay. Working outside has really helped me. The last one that's to come as no shock to you guys is cooking. Okay. So I have talked about this so many times on the podcast. Another reason I think cooking has been so good for me is because it requires both my hands. So I can't be on my phone. I can't be like trying to work at the same time. I can't be multitasking. Like I just put music on or I'll listen to like a book club podcast. I will literally get a wine glass out of the fridge. I will pour my healthy booch pop in over ice. Okay, guys, this is 40 for me but it's fine. I feel like I started working younger. So like maybe that's just why, or I'm just, I've always been an old soul. I don't know. I don't have all the answers. Okay. It's fine. But cooking has been such a great thing for me. And it's been something that has been almost healing for me. I think it's also great because there's a sense of accomplishment that comes with it. When you learn these new recipes or you make something that you really like, or you're really like nourishing your body. I think that is so important. So anyways, I just wanted to share a few things that I do when I'm having a heavy week or even honestly, these are things to just kind of implement into your daily life to be proactive about taking care of yourself because it's so important to take care of yourself so that you're even able to be there for other people. Because if you have nothing to give at the end of the day, you have nothing to give. And I never want to be coming from a place where I'm trying to like pour into someone something that I don't have in me. So doing things like this really helped me. And I just thought this would be a great thing to share this week because I know a lot of us are, you know, we've seen better days. Okay, guys, let's be real. Anyways, today's episode is very exciting. I felt like it was very fitting because kombucha is something that is actually, it just makes me happy as I've mentioned. So one of those little habits that I have, I drink their kombucha all the time. They've been so kind enough to send me so much. I actually have a discount code as well, which I will have in the show notes below for 20% off if any of you guys want to try it. But gut health is also really linked to mental health. So I would definitely recommend looking more into that. We're going to talk about it on today's episode and I'm really excited. So Diana Chow is the CEO and co-founder of HealthAid. She's an inspiration to food entrepreneurs everywhere. She and her co-founders took the kombucha brand from a bootstrap beverage sold at a single farmer's market to a nationally distributed product with a devoted customer base. She is the CEO of HealthAid Kombucha, one of the top three brands in the billion dollar kombucha category. Founded in 2012 with $600, she has helped to build HealthAid into a multi-million dollar success that retails in 30,000 stores like Whole Foods, Target, and Trader Joe's. In 2018, HealthAid became the fastest growing refrigerated beverage brand in the country and the number one brand in dollar growth, contributing 36% to the kombucha category. Guys, she is a boss. She's a powerhouse. She has done so much. I'm the biggest fan of the brand. I cannot wait for you guys to hear our conversation. It was such a good episode. Like there's so much value in this. But anyways, I love you guys so much. I hope you guys enjoy the episode. As always, be sure to follow us on Instagram. If you guys are not a part of the book club, you guys need to get to reading because we have about two or three weeks until 
the episode goes up with Brooke. We are reading with Brooke Michio of Gals on the Go. We are reading The Vanishing Half. So follow us on Instagram, join the Facebook group, the newsletter, all that stuff. And without further ado, let's get into the episode. I am so excited. I was telling her this before and I said it in the intro, but pretty much almost every single night. Well, first off, Health Aid has sent me so many kombuchas. So thank you for that. Second, I actually bought like fridge organization for my kombucha, like for Booch Pop and for like Health Aid Plus. Like I actually have organization, but every night we'll just pour some kombucha over ice in a wine glass. And it gives you the same kind of like, I think it's like a placebo effect because you're like feeling like you're relaxing. You know what I mean? It's incredible. But anyways, I'm so excited to have you on. I have so many questions. Before we get into that and a little bit about you, what is the best purchase you've made under $100 in the past six months? Okay. So definitely the thing that's coming to mind is I discovered a new series of products called Naturium. It's skincare. And I, I was advertised on Instagram and I purchased like their night routine. So it was like three products for, you know, your face um, at night uh, to use every night. And in total, the three products like came to 80 bucks or something like that. So definitely not expensive skincare, but I kept hearing about how high quality it was. And then I would see how people who used it had like really glowing skin. So I, anyway, I bought it. I have noticed such a difference from using it just over like a month now. People are commenting on my skin. It like glows. I can't really explain why it's only $20 a piece, but yeah, that's definitely the best purchase I've ever made. I love glowing skin. That's all I need is glowing skin. Yeah. Naturium. Uh, N-A-T-U-R-I-U-M. Anyway. Do you just get it on their website or is it at like Sephora? I bought it on their website. I don't know if they sell at Sephora yet. I just discovered them. I, I I couldn't even buy it on Amazon. I'll be checking it out. Once you said glowing skin, I was sold. That's literally all I need in life. I want to hear a little bit about you and like background behind the brand, everything. You guys have blown up. You are literally everywhere, especially in my fridge. But can you just share a little bit about the story with starting Health Aid? Sure. So Health Aid was started eight years ago, eight and a half years ago by me, my best friend and my husband. The three of us were all feeling unfulfilled in our corporate jobs. And we had a calling, I guess you could say, to start something. Like we just all felt like we wanted to build something on our own terms. We wanted to build a company we could be proud of and we wanted to make a mark, like our own mark. So it was a very sort of entrepreneurial calling. We didn't yet know what the business was going to be but we knew we wanted to start one. Um, One of the biggest limitations was that we didn't have money, any real money saved up. I think we had like, you know, 500 bucks or something max to put toward the effort each. So it wasn't like we were going to be able to start some kind of like, you know, tech, (laughs) you know, app for the phone or something. So a lot of the ideas that we came up with got crossed off the list because we simply didn't have the money. Now, Justin had been working at the time for an entrepreneur that had a lot of success making a product for hair loss. So I know it's not usually where you're thinking of going when we're talking about kombucha. And he saw how far people would go to protect their hair. And, you know, especially if they had thinning hair, like they would just send pennies, whatever it took to get this product. And the product was just okay. And Justin sort of came to the group and said, listen, if we made a product that actually worked, you know, we could be really helpful to the world and also successful. So we started researching what would regrow hair. And we found all over the internet, 
videos of people using the kombucha scoby as a mask on the head. And, you know, I knew how to make kombucha. So a little background on me before this, you know, entrepreneur club, I was a nutritionist. I had studied nutrition for, you know, 10 plus years, went to graduate school, got two master's degrees, was really into food. I loved learning about it. I loved healing with it. I loved cooking it. And I played with food. I was like experimental. So I was like fermenting things, sprouting things. And that's where I learned how to make kombucha. So at the time of watching these videos, you know, fast forward 10 years, I was already making kombucha in my closet. I had a really good scoby from Tibet. Like, you know, I knew how to make it. And if you make kombucha at home, you know that it's relatively inexpensive to make. It's not easy to make because you've got to get good at it, but it's relatively inexpensive, right? Tea, sugar, water, and then the scoby. And one of the things, if you don't make kombucha, you wouldn't know this, but if you do, you do. To get a scoby, so scoby basically is the culture. It's the bacteria, yeast, it's the probiotics. It's like the thing that makes kombucha special. And these probiotics essentially, like in order to replicate them, to make us an additional scoby, you have to make a batch of kombucha. So anyway, the point is, once we saw that people were using these scobies on the head, we were like, uh, let's make a bunch of scobies so we can test it on our friends who have thinning hair. And we started making a lot of kombucha to make these scobies. Of course, we thought the kombucha was like a byproduct. I made really good kombucha, so I didn't throw it out. I would give it to friends and stuff, but it wasn't the point of the business. The point of the business was these scobies we were trying to replicate for hair loss. Anyway, we were wrong. (laughs) Not actually that we tried a scoby on anybody's head ever. What ended up happening is we got an opportunity to sell at a farmer's market sooner than we were ready. Like a friend ran the farmer's market and she was like, I'll give you a spot this summer, but you have to say now if you can take it. And we were like, yes, we'll take it. But we didn't have a product yet. And so we tried to make the hair product really fast and it didn't work. And so we're like, okay, all right, let's take some time with this hair loss thing. In the meantime, we have all this kombucha we've bottled and it's really good kombucha. So we were like, let's just sell this in the farmer's market for the summer. We'll see how it goes. And whatever money we'll make, we'll put toward the hair loss thing. So we started selling kombucha under the name Health Aid. We scotch taped the labels on. I mean, we were like totally, you know, broke, but like making it work. And, you know, first market, we sold out an hour. Second market, we sold out an hour. That summer was like a complete craze of us realizing we had totally hit on something when we didn't expect it. People loved our kombucha. We really never looked back. By the end of the year, we quit our nine to five jobs. I never ended up putting a scoby on anybody's head. And fast forward to today, eight years later, gosh, we're sold in about 40,000 stores. Um, I've got 200 employees. We're sold in every state, three countries. It's pretty amazing. Fastest growing refrigerated beverage brand in America. So pretty cool stuff. It is so crazy how quickly I feel like this has happened. I have so many questions about scaling too, because I can only imagine going from you three to now having 200 employees like has to be crazy. So I really want to touch on when you said that there was like an entrepreneurial bug, but you didn't necessarily know what you wanted to do. And I think it's actually really cool and important that you share the part of we were actually going in a different way. And then it was a byproduct. And then we realized that we hit on something. I think people are really focused on like finding like their calling or their purpose or whatever that might be in a business sense. And sometimes I feel like we're like too laser focused in 
I always say like, don't be married to your first idea. And that's just something that someone's always said to me. And I think that's really important. Also, as someone who's like stubborn and has tunnel vision, I feel like I personally can miss out on things all the time just because I'm trying to stick to like my idea and not allowing myself to kind of look around and be like, oh, maybe this was it. So was that like difficult for you or at the time you were like, wait a second, this is working. Like we have to shift. Like how did you end up just making that shift? Yeah. You know, so much about business and it's not just the beginning. So much about business is, is about those decisions, knowing when to hold on and knowing when to let go. And I don't know how to advise somebody to make the choice, but I do know what we did and, and our tagline at Health Aid is follow your gut, which yeah, it's a great tagline for kombucha because it, you know, it's got probiotics and it's good for your gut, but like, it's so much more than that to me because really the only thing I would advise people to do is really follow their intuition when you're in those moments, follow your gut. Yeah. Being married to something can be a really good thing because then you've got the focus potentially, right. That it will take to get it through. But if you're so laser focused, you know, the downside is you might miss an opportunity that's like right there. So, you know, you have to balance that. For us, we were so antsy to get started. Like by the time we had our entrepreneur club, we were already like hearing that voice, that calling for two straight years and not doing anything about it. You know, so it was like by the time we were already sitting it down at the table, we were already like beyond ready to start. And so we were a bit frustrated with how long it was taking to develop this hair product. And, you know, so I think when the opportunity came up for the farmer's market, that was a real sort of marquee moment because I think most people would have said, no, I can't sell anything at the farmer's market. I don't have a product yet. <laughs> and so I think my advice would be, you know, the not even advice, but just the sort of reminder that the game is actually played out there. You can do so much work planning something and, and trying to develop something and research something. And, that, and that's important, but nothing is as important as being out in the market and watching people respond and tweaking to how they respond. Like that's the game. In a lot of ways, the sooner you can get out there, the better, because you'll figure it out as you go. I think somebody said, I think it was Amy Poehler, ironically, but she said something really smart that resonated with me once. She said, I can't remember exactly how she said it, but it was like, anyone who's done anything great got out there before they were ready. And for us, that was the case too. You know, we were in the farmer's market before we were ready and we kind of just said, okay, whatever, we'll see how this goes. And then, yeah, the moment we knew, I mean, I think anybody in our position would have known because like, People were stoked about the kombucha. It was selling out every week. It was like we had a line 20 deep. It was clear there was something there. I think it would have been unusual for anybody to be in our situation and say, nope, nope, we're still doing the hair loss thing. You know, like it made sense. And I think that the real differentiating factor was that we were out in the market and doing it anyway. So that's the advice I have for people is just get out there. Get out there before it's ready and you'll tweak it and figure it out as you go. And you guys were being proactive about you knew that you needed to do something entrepreneurial. You knew you were doing something and that wasn't the route you guys ended up going, but you wouldn't have stumbled across kombucha probably had it not gone that way. So walk me through 
you guys are selling out at the farmer's market. It's clear that you're onto something. What are the next steps? Like, how did you get from the farmer's market to being sold in 40,000 stores? Yeah. And, and that's a, such an important question. So we manufacture in-house, right? So we've got a brewery. It's awesome. Got huge pieces of equipment that fill bottles at 500 bottles a minute. I mean, if I had come from making my kombucha, when we started, I was making this in my closet, in my apartment. So if I had gone from my apartment closet to this brewery and somebody said, here are the keys, take the company, I probably would have given the keys back because I would have been like, I have no idea how to run this thing or to build the next step, right? And yet here I am. And so you can't forget that you have to go from A to B to C to D before you can get to, you know, M and O P. <laughs> I have a five-year-old, as you can see. So where you are today is going to be good enough for a bit, but then it's going to start showing you that it's got problems. You know, like you can't fill the bottles fast enough. And, you know, you're up all night filling the bottles or it's going to be reasonable sort of common sense pieces of information coming your way that are saying, okay, you're outgrowing where you are. You're going to need something faster, bigger, smarter, somebody with more experience. Like you're going to know that you need these things. And then you're going to start to construct your plan, you know, what your next step is. So, you know, so much about building a business is yes, you have to have the vision for that, the whole staircase, like how, you know, where you want to go at the very end. And for us, it was every fridge in America from the start. But all you really have to know what to do is just how to get from A to B. So yeah, we moved from our apartment closet to a 500 square foot square shared kitchen. And then, you know, we were self-distributing in a van and that got annoying. So then we got to third-party distributors. But all that came in the right time. Like it was very organic. It was fast, but it was very organic. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that's also a way less intimidating way of approaching it too, because you look at it and it's like, yeah, in eight years, this all happened, but there were so many steps in between and like learning how to pivot. What positions were the first that you went to hire out from when you expanded? So first of all, we had three founders. So that's huge. If you don't have three founders, you know, you're likely going to need somebody sooner because we had three individuals, you know, just doing work. That was very helpful. So we were able to hold off on hiring anybody for about a year. And the three of us sort of covered all the jobs that the business needed. The first one we hired was in manufacturing and production. In fact, our very first employee is still with us today. He's a senior leader of supply chain and manufacturing. So, you know, started as the head of brewing for us. And that was so important. One of the things as a founder, you know, it's always tough to do this, but the more you can work on the business and not in the business, the better. So in the beginning, obviously, you're going to be picking up the broom and you know buying the water at the store and doing whatever it is your business requires. But after we filled in a little bit of the brewing roles, we then went to sales and hired some salespeople to help us open accounts. Can you talk a little bit about gut health and explain the benefits of kombucha? Yes, I'd love to. Okay, so gut health, first of all, is so much more than just good digestion. I hope people know this by now, but we are, we are realizing that the gut is central to all aspects of your health. If you don't have a healthy, happy gut, most likely something else in your body is not working right. 
So they're now tying, they scientists, and it's been happening already for decades, are tying your gut health to your mood, to your ability to fight infections and viruses and colds. So your immunity health is linked to your health. Your, of course, your digestion, your energy, the way you metabolize, you know, your metabolism, like even weight is connected to your gut health. And it's really incredible. Like the more we dig into gut health, the more we see its impact on our health. And so it is like one of the top things we should be thinking about is how healthy is my gut. And of course we eat things every day. So I think people are starting to catch on that when we eat healthier things that are good for us um, and drink healthier things that are good for us, like we feel better. We don't just look better. We feel better on the inside. So, you know, a part of gut health is the microbiome, the, the flora that lives in there. And I think people are starting to recognize that that flora, people often talk about that as probiotics, is one of the most important things to a happy gut and a healthy gut. And of course, that flora comes from two things, probiotics and prebiotics. Prebiotics feed probiotics. Probiotics are the actual bacteria, yeast, and enzymes that like sit in your gut and do their thing. Fun fact, did you know there are supposed to be more probiotics in your gut than there are stars in the Milky Way? An insane amount of external bacteria, yeast, and enzymes are supposed to be living in there. I mean, more live in your gut than there are cells in your body. It's a hugely important part of your, of your body. And we're not doing a great job as Americans. Well, I think we're starting to, but we're not doing a great job in general of like introducing these things into our diet, right? Like it's not like we have a heavily fermented food diet like Koreans, for example. And so a lot of what we eat is pasteurized and that's fine. But, you know, we're not doing a, like, we have to almost be like extra careful to introduce fermented foods or things with probiotics and prebiotics so that we're replenishing this very important thing in our gut. And kombucha is one of these things. But, you know, if you're on the go and you can't buy a refrigerated product, like Booch Pop also has prebiotics and they make you feel good. So it's like, all you have to do is start incorporating these into your, you know, daily diet. So specifically, kombucha has probiotics and also something called healthy organic acids. So probiotics, as we talked about, these are things you need in your gut to have a healthy body, healthy system. And we need to do a good job of introducing these things into our body. You might take a pill, but I'm a huge fan of getting this in food as well, because in general, things that come through food are usually way more available to you. So things like kimchi, sauerkraut, yogurt, kombucha, these are going to be rich in probiotics. But they also have acids in them. And these organic acids are not like the bad kinds of acids. These are good acids. Things like acetic acid, lactic acid, gluconic acid. It's that sour taste in kombucha, that sour taste in yogurt, in kefir, in kimchi. That, that sourness comes from these acids. Those acids are very important for your health as well. We don't talk about them at all, but they're hugely researched like in you know, fighting things like cancer and fighting things like hangovers. It basically helps detox your organs so that they can function normally and they all get processed in the gut too. So it's another reason that fermented foods are really healthy for you and we don't talk about it enough. These natural acids, maybe you have friends that take shots of apple cider vinegar, it's the same thing and those are heavily prevalent in kombucha. But even booch pop, so that doesn't have probiotics, it has prebiotics and again, those are important to support the probiotics and actually feed the probiotics so that they grow and can live. So the benefits of kombucha and booch pop would be the benefits of having a healthy gut. 
You know, it's going to drive things like energy, immunity, metabolism, digestion, how you metabolize sugar. Overall, you're going to start feeling a lot better when you start thinking about probiotics and prebiotics. So should I be drinking one kombucha a day or like how many? Yeah. So kombucha is a food. It's you got, you want to think about foods a lot, like a lot less like supplements, supplements. They're extracting bacteria and yeasts and then replicating them and giving you a pill. So there's a dose, you know, so it's a little bit different for food, right? You want to think about like a yogurt. Yeah. Probably about one a day makes sense. There's about a day's worth of probiotics in a kombucha, uh, in a good kombucha. So yeah, that's a good way to think about it. But like, it's really about how much makes you feel good. There's nothing really unnatural in it. So you're never going to be able to drink enough kombucha that would be like too much. So, you know, I've had like, you know, a few a day and, and it's not like you, you feel anything different. It's sort of, think about it like a yogurt. You know, how much would you want to have of a, you're probably going to have one a day. Maybe you might have two if that's all you're eating. And it's not a big deal. Things that are natural, it's very difficult to reach any kind of toxicity level with natural things. I don't know if you're familiar with Dr. Amen, but he talks a lot about brain health, which gut health is obviously like really linked to brain health. But I just read this book called it's like change your brain, change your life. He's written a few books, but he does these like brain scans and all of this stuff. But it was so interesting reading how much of mental health has to do with gut health. And it makes so much sense. Like it's really not this revolutionary concept, but it's crazy. Like exactly what you're saying, how it's really not talked about. My mom, since I have gotten older, has turned into like one of those like whole organic moms. Like she is like a hippie at this point. So I hear from her all the time and she'll tell me all about gut health and all these things. But I was never taught that growing up. I never knew anything about that. So it's so interesting how now it just makes so much sense. And even of certain foods, I was reading this book and he was just explaining what foods are better for your brain. And I'm like, that makes so much sense because at this year of my life, I was doing really great, but it's because I was eating like salmon every day. Like there's certain things that I'm like, that makes so much sense. And it's just so interesting. Science is such an interesting journey. And I think this is another reason of, I love the quote, follow your gut. You know, it's so important that we, you said it makes sense, right? Like it makes sense that the gut is at the center of our health because that's like what digests our food right? And our food, that's like the thing that fuels us. I mean, we're not eating, we're not alive. So it does make a lot of intuitive sense. And by the way, yeah, it does feel revolutionary, but it's like really not. Hippocrates, the first physician, right? The, one of the first things he wrote was the gut is at the center of all of health. You know, so it's not a new thing, but it's like we've sort of in our journey of science and nutrition, we think first, you know, butter's bad for us. And then we're like, oh, actually, it's really not that bad. So it's sort of important to take that science with a grain of salt. I'm not saying you don't listen to it, but you should always also verify it with what makes sense. Like, what does your intuition tell you? Does this make you feel good when you eat it? Does it make you feel good when you eat it right this moment? But then what about a few days from now or a few hours from now? Does it also make you feel good? Chances are, if you're feeling good a few hours after you eat something, a few days after you eat something, probably good for you. You know, I don't know if I need science to tell me that it is or isn't. And in a lot of ways, I'm trying to drive people to tap more into that intuitive sense again, because we, we already know what makes us feel good and what makes us feel happy. And chances are that's going to be healthy, you know? No, I completely agree. It's been so interesting. Just like, I feel like I've learned so much about 
gut health lately. And it's been something that my mom has talked about, you know, in the past few years, but learning about it and just trying to get a healthy gut. Like my mom will literally be like, I just know my gut isn't healthy right now. Like she's very like that and knows that that is like the center of all of her problems, but it's true. I am really interested in making a little, turning a little bit in leadership from you because you're running a very big company and it did happen like relatively quickly. Where have you learned leadership from or what are some mistakes you've made or maybe some tips that you would give to someone that is now in a role of leading like hundreds of people? This experience of starting and building HealthAid has had so many dimensions in terms of like a journey for me. So there's, you know, often people want to talk about the business side, you know, how much have you grown? How many employees do you have? What are your revenues? That's a very sort of consistent storyline. And it's fun to talk about that one. One that's often not talked about enough, I would say, is the personal journey, the way a founder has to evolve to continue to support the business. And you know, for me, that has been such a huge part of this story for me. You know, like it would be probably the biggest part of the story. And so I'm glad you asked about it. You know, yeah, I mean, I don't even think, let me put it this way to grow like this, which has been really fast, we've been growing really fast the last eight years. That's very glamorous, you know, when you think about it in one lens. But when anything is growing fast, the other thing you should think about is that, okay, it's really hard to do that. Like the, if you're growing four times what's normal, you're having four times the problems than what's normal. Yeah. You're having four times the challenges. You're needing to evolve four times faster as an individual leading the company than normal. And so as a founder, you've got to sort of take inventory and equity of like, what do you have in you to give? Because it's going to need you. If you're, if you're picking 4X, you're going to need to grow 4X. You know, just wake up and know how to do it. And so there's like a lot of self-development you have to do. You have to constantly step up into that next person you know the company needs you to be. And you have to work on yourself just like you work on yourself for other things. It takes practice and it takes discipline. And you don't just show up with like, you know, a six pack, you know, so you have to work at it. And so, yeah, it's like having compassion with yourself that you don't know at the beginning. That's a part of it. You don't know what you don't know until you know, but then it's also having the discipline to understand that like you have to learn and you have to push yourself and you've got to set the expectation that you do better. And then also, I think there's a recognition that like you can't do it all. So at a certain point, you know, you're going to know where your limit is and then you hire out for help to basically supplement where your limit is. I mean, it's very important to understand that you are not going to show up as the person you need to be. You have to push yourself to be that person. And then, but it's funny when I look back to that early entrepreneur that won the eight years old at the start of this, like I am 80 years older than her. You know, in, in all the right ways. Like, I, I don't even know that I would know her. Of course I would know her. She's me. But there's been so much growth. It's insane. And I, there's no way I could have gotten to this place without all the experiences along the way. So, of course, I have a lot of gratitude for having had this chance. Yeah. And, you know, you just have to learn how to motivate people, how to inspire people. 
what works, what doesn't work. You fall off the horse, you get back on and you do it better. Practically speaking, are there like entrepreneurs that you look up to, leaders that you look up to, books you've read, podcasts, or have you really just kind of focused more on learning through experience? You know, if you were going to ask me one thing I wish I would have done better, it would have been to connect with other entrepreneurs, not just in the same spot, but almost more importantly, ahead, people who have done it before. Once I started doing that, I recognized that what I was going through was very normal and though hard, sort of a part of the journey. And that's really, uh, I think, a, a beneficial thing to know. You know, so you asked me about specifically like some of the books I've read. Oh gosh, so many books. Reading books about that, that other entrepreneurs have written. Shoe Dog, which is from Nike, Nike's book. That was really helpful because just, you know, Nike's obviously a huge, aspiring, amazing brand that we all want to be like. Yeah, duh. But it started as a nothing. It started as a freaking shoe out of a, you know, garage and that's so important for founders to recognize that like even Nike had tough weeks and only one employee and, you know, weeks where they didn't know they were going to be able to pay their employees. Like that all happened and yet they got it to where it is today. And, and, and in a lot of ways you can too. You also kind of, it humanizes these people, you know, Phil Knight isn't some crazy genius. I mean, He's an individual. He's a human. He's got a lot of grit and there's things that are special about him. But, you know, a lot of ways he's just like you, you know, and I think that's really important. So yeah, some examples are Shoe Dog. I love the book, A Messy Middle. The Messy Middle was written by, uh, gosh, I can't remember his name, but he writes all about the middle stages of the business. The beginning's so sexy, the end's so sexy, but it's the middle part we skip over. And that's the most important part, you know, and it's all about how that part is super messy. I love the messy middle. And then some entrepreneurs I really aspire to besides, you know, Phil Knight. I have some beverage entrepreneurs that I, I'm inspired by. People like Seth, who started Honest Tea. Sarah Blakely, who started Spanx. Tom First, who started Nantucket Nectar. So just some personal people that I, I follow and try to stay connected with. I love that. Thank you so much for coming on today. This is such a valuable episode. I love Health Aid. I think you're incredible and I love everything you guys are doing. Where can they find you if they're looking to follow you or the brand on social media? Yeah. So what's cool about Health Aid is you can now buy kombucha or booch pop online on our website at healthaid.com. You can follow us at Health Aid on Instagram and then you can even buy booch pop on Amazon. So I know y'all shop there, uh, but me personally, I'm pretty easy to find at Dinah Trout on Instagram. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Again, don't forget to join the book club. Follow us on social media. Join the Facebook group, the newsletter, all that stuff. I love you guys so much, and I will talk to you guys next week.